Welcome back to another glorious episode of the Roll Blob Podcast. This is actually Andy speaking. Coop is out today, so it is just a Cap and Andy episode. Coop actually had to go troubleshoot a local college's internet, so it's just a two-man game tonight, but me and Cap are going to talk about three things and three things only. So if you're here to listen to us talk about anything other than these three things, I recommend going elsewhere for your content. And those three things are Peter Parker, parachutes, and a gay guy. Stay tuned. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Roll Blob Podcast. This is Andy and Cap tonight. No Coop. He, uh, you know, he was chilling in the uh, the Providence Arena tonight to dunk and got rained on. Yeah, he, he had a, he had a few plumbing issues. His I can confirm his shower did pull a dunk. It flooded everywhere, so he has to fix that quicker than Providence fixed their roof. So it's a two man game tonight. We're running a two man offense. Oh, man, man. So if you just turned the podcast off, I don't blame you one single bit. But this is a podcast that supports the number one team in the city. Now, if you're a fan of the number two team in the city, the NKU Norse, you're in the right place. Let's go. So we just tweeted out the Roblox podcast. You tried to recruit the number one recruit in the country, but you're the number three team in your own city. Let's go. So it is 1035 on a Wednesday night. We just watched a UC team, Andy. I'll, I'll pass the mic to you in just a second. But I just – I tweeted this. But UC in the first half <laughs> went to NKU for their Wi-Fi problems and then proceeded to lose handily to that same school. What the hell? In such an embarrassing fashion. Like, they were run off the floor by Northern Kentucky University – who can barely afford to be verified, much less afford their internet bill. (laughs) And they scored 11 points in the second half, 11 entire points. Like they reached double digits with let after the two minute warning, it was objectively hysterical game. There were so many funnies with it. We have Lakin out there traveling twice because he's flustered by the NKU crowd of like maybe 5,000 people in that packed arena with, the entire city of greater Cincinnati uh, in that building. It was uh, the vibes are so fucking funny right now. Andy, I've heard that good teams win and great teams cover. UC is neither good nor great. Uh, <laughs> I guess. Now, now, now it, what does it make you if you lose by more than you are favored by? I think that makes you just not good from, from my source are telling me, but I kept watching the game and it was like, NKU like cling to like a, Solid double-digit lead, and I kept being like, "When is UC going to make their run?" And uh, you know, narrator, they never made a run. It just didn't happen. I mean, it was, was just—it was just not the best day to be a UC fan. 
And so, like, I mean, it, it, this game, up. it was kind of, like, extra special. I mean, I went to NKU for a little bit. I went to uh, – and I, I, I was going to NKU games when I was six years old. I was watching D2 games in Regent Hall with Bobby St. Prue playing, and I was uh, watching <laughs> players like Dennis Gay Guy yeah, playing for the Norse. Yes. Classy. First team all name right there, Dennis Gay Guy. <laughs> Shout yes. out if you're – somehow possibly listening <laughs> to this um you were one of my favorite guys and definitely not just because your name is because you're sweet sweet <laughs> he was one of your favorite gay guys can confirm yes hell yeah i <laughs> tend to agree but st- like so watching that game like I've, nku has held a place in my heart i just remember watching nku games being surrounded by 20 of your closest friends, walking three minutes, walking in three minutes before the game starts, sit, standing in the first row while you're hearing the shoes squeak while you're watching this team get blown out by San Diego. That's actually a true story, actually happened. To where they are now, being the second best team in Cincinnati, it's the absolute – It's what a turnaround. Just, I'm speechless at this turnaround. It's a modern day shootout, Andy. I mean, this is this is 1999 when Xavier upset the number one Cincinnati Bearcats. I mean, at this point, I think the shootout has lost its luster. I mean, who are we to play the third best team in Cincinnati every yeah, like, season? Do they deserve to be on the same floor as us? I don't I think don't, so. I don't think so. Like, they clearly don't even deserve to be on the same floor as Kent State. No, they don't. I mean, by the transitive property, UC is no Kent State. Here's what happened, Andy. Here's the, here are the facts. NKU had a tune-up game against UC Claremont. So, transitive property, NKU needs to make a branch campus so that UC can tune up with them next season. So, UC is going to have a tune-up game with Eastern Northern Kentucky, and it's going to be crazy. I just can't wait to see what happens to see who's the third best team in the city. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, crazy, a crazy time in Cincinnati sports. So, and, and you got to think, like, does this – you got to think about Wes Miller's uh, – you got to think about his mindset now. Like, so when he recruits guys, like, is this guy going to help me beat Northern <laughs> Kentucky? Like, how does this guy complete my team so I can beat that powerhouse of Northern Kentucky? So you got to oh. take baby steps, step up the ladder. So how can I How can I beat Eastern, Southern, Northern Kentucky? And <laughs> then, then you got to move up. How can I beat Kentucky? Then how can I beat UC Claremont? Then how can I beat Kent State? The only thing that would have been better is if they had landed the recruit today, they lose Northern Kentucky and he decommits. <laughs> Talk about some shoots and ladders right there. That would have been the only thing better. So here's the thing, Andy. All I'm seeing is in my head. I've been seeing this all day. So I'm thinking about Louisville, who obviously sucks. They've lost three games with a total point margin of negative three, which means they've lost three games by one point. And I'm three seeing like games. that. I'm seeing that Spider-Man meme where, like, Harry is looking over Peter Parker with, like, that evil grin on his face. Like, Rick Pitino looking at the Louisville program. Like, I'm just – I can't wait to take over my shit. Like, I'm looking to, I'm looking down on you and shit. No one has the shittiest, cheesiest grin on their face high, more than John Brand right now. I, I really want to be a fly on the wall. I know you said – we were talking about this before we recorded. I, we really just want to be a fly on the wall for that John Brandon phone call to Chris Mack right now. The way I envision it. You know he it, called him. Is, you know, like, I mean, he called him. I, I can just envision him, like, Chris Mack picking up, be like, hello? And just hearing <laughs> – And then as, as he falls off his stool, rolling on the floor laughing. Chris Mack's in the Virgin Islands getting his – 
$1.5 million a year or a month for the next like four years or whatever the hell it is. It's like $300,000 a month for the next like four years. He's in the Virgin Islands with fucking his, his whole family and shit. And John calls him like, you watching this shit. This is crazy. Like, but no, you you're had, not because there's no Wi-Fi. If you had the TikTok duo of 2001 winning the year, Chris Mack and John Brandon look as good as any former coaches in the entire country right now. I mean, their former schools are shitting the bed and then some. And then some. And for John Brandon, it's to the school you were at before your, <laughs> your most current school. They're shitting the bed to that school who is in the same fucking city against a school who just went Division One? You have been, I mean, let's be honest. I'm a Xavier fan, but UC is one of the most winningest programs in Division One history. They've been number one in the country multiple times, and you're losing to a school who's been D1 for four years, if that? Uh, so, yeah, they, they were D1. I think this may be their seventh or eighth year as D1. Okay, longer than I Yeah, felt, so, like, but... when I was there, I was there in 2013 and 2014, uh, and that was like maybe their second or third year of D one. I think it was does, their second, second year D one. Does UC regret using NKU's facility while they were doing renovations at <laughs> the third? They should have used UC Claremont. That's the question. Now I heard the NKU offered two straight years of going there, and they said no, which is crazy. Maybe they have football or something now. I don't know. <laughs> Re-released the, the John Brandon. Uh, negotiation yeah. video. So the, the John Brandon can't, probably came back with no, no. Of the one year at your place, shootout. four straight years at our place, and then we play neutral. Can't believe they didn't take that. <laughs> they must have and football. You pay or for all of we it. do have football, actually, John Brandon. We actually fucking do have football. John Brandon, the prophet. He just he, spoke he into existence. He called his shot. You love to see it. But uh, we'll get off the UC bandwagon, but just a horrible day to be a UC fan. And honestly, a good day to be a, a Xavier fan. I mean, Andy was saying the same thing. He was getting crazy, you know, traction from UC fans like, oh, you guys are watching our games? It's UCNKU at 7 o'clock. Of course we're watching the fucking game. What the fuck else was on? Like... Right. What else am I supposed to do? <laughs> Other than watching like... ESPN Plus uh the advertisement <laughs> for 20 minutes <laughs> i should you not so i was like i was scrolling through like the espn app and so i see like okay you you nk's got a pretty big lead and then it finally comes on the game's tied yes so that that was their run that was yep, exactly. run. was when no one could see it so well, i guess like since we're, that we're in the season like yeah that was an nku uc secret scrimmage yeah, that's that's what that was for the first half at least. The second half counted counted for real. And like, but, and um, so, but yeah, it's it's seven o'clock on a Wednesday. What the fuck? Else, what the fuck else am I supposed to do? Play my new PS Five. <laughs> Speaking of your fantastic transition, someone's filling in the coop gap very very well. You are like uh, you're like <laughs> you're like Cam Craft filling in for Colby Jones. I would love to see it because coop leaves up. Coop leaves a massive hole in the podcast. But we have confirmed, per Roblox sources, that Greg McDermott hacked Trayvon Blewett's Twitter account. There's really no other reason to think otherwise. So the, all the stars lining up. Yeah, two years after 
Uh, Trayvon Blewett is, is out, out of Xavier. He gets hacked. While Greg McDermott is still the head coach of Creighton, he is now tweeting about the PS5s. So <laughs> that just leads me to believe that it's the same person tweeting. So Greg and no one else that ever had access to Greg McDermott's Twitter account other no. than Greg McDermott. So Greg McDermott <laughs> hacked Trayvon Blewett. He, Dude, how he needs to be arrested. Is your password just like fucking who is the uh the three point shooter Kyle whatever? What was his name? Corver. Is your password just Kyle Corver sixty nine? Like how does this shit like how do you get hacked that easily? I don't get it. And all I can say, Andy, is this is a massive blow to Creighton's season outlook. If I was having fraud rankings, Creighton just rose to number one. If your head coach is getting hacked by a PS5 dealer, dude, worse than Jerome Hunter Groundhog Day. It is a bad day to be a Creighton basketball fan. I'd have to imagine their Ken Pop rating is going to plummet, especially the luck rating. Crush. Yes. Oh, destroyed. Their arena will never will never leak all season, not a chance. Even if they needed to, it's over. <laughs> that that, that Beto's button is just gone. It's broken. They smashed it. Dunzo. <laughs> yeah, not a good day to be a be a Creighton fan. And they didn't even play but basketball. On the on the on the bright side, I do have two new PS fives and four Creighton tickets. <laughs> it just it just it's, it's insane to me, Andy, that. That Creighton, first of all, it's just awesome that the Creighton official men's basketball account tweeted it out that it happened. And I just don't get why they're not reimbursing me for the 14 PS5s that I purchased from from their head coach. That that has, like, so their head coach is fraudulent, obviously. Yes. And and they're not paying for it? That's honestly, that's that's scumbag material. If they don't get sanctions from the NCAA, what are we even doing like, that's just straight up robbery. Like we're not the ones with the NIL deals. Still from your players. The NIL is out of control. <laughs> the NIL is absolutely out of control. And then they're going to use, they're gonna use for... my hard-earned money to be right. verified for the next year. If I'm going to buy seven thousand dollars worth of PS5s and you're not going to reimburse them, <laughs> when it's your head coach selling them, then what the hell are we even doing anymore? <laughs> Who's the real loser right here? Right. <laughs> Has the NCAA lost its luster? I like to think so. Andy, and they've lost their morals, about, that's for sure. I mean, they never had them in the first place. Do we dare talk about Xavier basketball at a game that we were both in attendance? I mean, I guess we could. Because we – I, I can confirm. We, yeah. <laughs> I got with their twice. <laughs> I fucking forgot about that. So that motherfucker got- bought two tickets. <laughs> Very quick story. So some asshole in my department got COVID. So we all got sent to work from home for the day, which meant I'm going to the game. It, work from home, more like go to the game from home. So I go to the game. I have to clock out at 930. I'm on a swing shift. So I get, two tickets. At nine. I get two tickets, run to the car at like 922. I got my computer in the car. I got my hotspot set up. I clock out, run back in, didn't miss a damn thing. Good to go. <laughs> Our friend is like, wait. How did? How are you gonna? I'm like two tickets, obviously. He's like, oh, of course. I'm not an amateur. This is right. Not a, this is not my first rodeo. Is this your first time clocking out? <laughs> this it's not much. Love to see it. Anyway, that's, so some Andrew, true de- that's some true dedication to see Fairfield play at nine o'clock p.m. 
which can I just, before we get started on the actual game, I got to give my flowers to the, to the Xavier fan base. I thought that it was a pretty damn good crowd. If anything, not a huge difference from the other crowds we had seen this year. No, like, I mean, we saw, so what we saw, we saw game one of the year. Everybody has to show up to that one. And then we saw a Friday night game. Everybody has to show up to that one. So, like, in the student section, both those games balled the fuck out. They were going crazy. It was elect- it was loud. And they, they were all in sync, too. The vibes were way up. It was clearly Miller time. And then Tuesday night at 9 o'clock, they're still showing out. Uh, yeah, there yeah. may have been a few empty spots there here and there. And, the like, the the upper bowl and everything, that it was not as as packed. But it's a Tuesday night at 9 o'clock. What do you expect? So, as really, you cannot expect much more of this Xavier fan base than what we have seen these, through these first three games. And now we get Indiana, a, yeah. a, top, a top 15 team in the Centos Center at 6 o'clock on a Friday. Like, bust Big a nut life. already. They're, that crowd is going to be ballistic. Oh, yeah. And and make no mistakes, this is a an Indiana pregame episode. So if you were upset about that, we will get plenty of Indiana XU talk coming up here. But I thought that there was not, Andy, a huge drop-off in this fan base, this, this crowd versus the first two games. I mean, for I mean, and we all know the jokes, the lower bowl, fat guy, you know, fat fucks that sit in the lower bowl without their, you know, their rubber noses on. But I didn't think that this was an obvious crowd that sucked worse than the previous two games. Like, I didn't think it was that much worse. Like, there wasn't a noticeable drop-off, I, I guess I would say. No, and like, and especially... Like so, in a, in a situation where I mean we're up by like 15 at this point, and then, but Zach Fremantle is one assist away from oh. a triple double. Hats off to that motherfucker right there. I was very critical of him, and I, I I was expecting to not see much of him. I thought he'd kind of like hold us back and weigh us down a little bit. Little bit. He is a full with a full off season, even after his suspension. He, he's that he's a dog right now. He is playing some of the best basketball we have seen from him offensively and defensively, and then just stuffing the stat sheet, getting a triple-double. The crowd went crazy. Yeah, some people had already left. It was maybe, maybe he's 60% full, he's 60% full in that in that Centos Center, but you would not have guessed it by the by the noise level. And then, too, you got to tip your cap to the, the student section. I mean, they have been unbelievable from start to finish. And, and for a 9 o'clock game, I mean, they carried the whole the arena. I mean, and I'm not going to say the rest of the fan base didn't do their thing, but the uh, the student section's been fucking balling out. A massive Miller effect from the student section. It, yes, has to be. Like, and even, like, it's, it's again, we've played Morgan State, fucking Kentucky Wesleyan, which, yeah, I know that was an exhibition, uh, Montana, and Fairfield. They have, you would not even have guessed it. You would not have even, you, you would think we were playing DePaul on a Wednesday. Which you're ranked the Paul team? You're not, which they should always be ranked, uh, personally, even if they're 0 24. But so let's talk actual game. I mean, obviously, the, the we we really really like the atmosphere. Um, we started terribly, um, but I thought it was interesting to see this team get tested, and uh, and I think the the story of the first half was Adam Kunkel. I mean, Adam Kunkel, I think, carried us uh, in that first half, kept us afloat. Yeah, and he was doing it from inside and outside. So that was that was a really nice thing to see. I mean, I've I've been saying it for a few years. I think Adam 
Kunkel is a very, a very underrated facilitator. Just him with the ball in his hands, yeah. he's very, very composed. So he's not, he's not, he doesn't have the greatest handles. He's not going to sit there and go all the professor on you and break your ankles. But he's going to keep the ball under control. He's going to use his body and he's going to find himself some space. And the moment he sees some open space for a shot or a pass, he's going to take it. Very, very, very high IQ player, and he really showed that on on Tuesday night. So he was, and he has a very, very soft touch. So it all started his. So his scoring it started on a fast break with a euro step with on a reverse his right hand on the left side. Like oh that's the, the, the touch right there. Absolutely that was incredible, beautiful. Oh like, my god, that step through reverse layup was gorgeous. He and here's the thing, I, like I'm gonna be really honest with you, like. There's certain players, like, like to, in my opinion, Adam Kunkel was the anti-Des Wells. Like, Des Wells used to go to the bucket, and I'm like, okay, we're going to get a bucket here because he's just bigger, more athletic. And I see Adam Kunkel driving on, like, some, like, six-foot-five athletic dude, and I'm like, Adam, what are we doing? And he just scores. Like, he just finds a way to put the ball in the basket. And I don't know if I'm the only one who feels this way, but, like, he'll take this, like, he'll, like, do, like, this, like, hook shot low-key because he has to because he's a smaller guy. And I'm like, how the fuck did he make that? But he does it consistently. And it, it makes no sense, but he's a bucket. And he has no wasted movement out there. Like every no. movement he makes either is either making progress toward the bucket or setting himself up to make progress toward the bucket. So he moves with a purpose. And as soon as he gets a window, he's making a pass or, or he's taking a good shot. It's very, very rare that he makes mistakes out there, which is why he is going to be a pivotal part to this team and a huge reason why we win this game on Friday. Yeah, and he clearly studied the pregame. I mean, the pregame game plan was, hey, let's make some shots during our offense. And he did that. And he, and he, he, just, he took that to heart. On, on offense, he made some shots, which was, <laughs> which was huge. Especially um, so on, on a night where we weren't shooting the ball all that great. No, no, we were not. But I got a couple more things that stuck out to me. So – Here's my next thing, and he didn't play particularly great, but Sule Boom's a consistent scorer. Whether he kind of reminds me of a guard version of Zach Fremantle from the from just from the sense that he just continually gets buckets. Like Sule, even when he's not playing great or whatever, he just puts the ball in the basket. And even if like he's one of those guys, like remember Zach, like in the previous years. You're like, man, he kind of sucked tonight. You look up at the scoreboard, he had 17. <laughs> like, Sule didn't play particularly well. I was like, what did he get, like four? He had 11 points. And, and not like that's a, a brack breaker amount of points, but, but 11 points is nothing to scoff at. I mean, yeah, especially if, college basketball. If you're scoring 11 yeah. or 12 a night, then you're, you're having right. a damn good season. If, like, have, if, if Sule averages 11, we would take that to the bank. Yeah, and if, we look at JP McCure as one of like our best players that, we, that we've seen in the past 10 years. And he yeah. averaged, what, 11 or 12 a game? Yeah, maybe a senior year, maybe a few more than that. But but you're exactly right. And, I mean, Sulis was one of those guys that I felt like he played terrible. Not terrible, but I feel like he was just doing nothing. No, he, yeah, he was a little board. underwhelming from, from what we've seen the first two or three games that that, that we watched him play. So, yeah, he, t- he took a, a bit of a step, but that's going to happen. But he had I other guys a, to, 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 yeah, to take I'm over. A, I, I love you. I'm going to disagree a little bit. I think he's exceeded my expectations personally because maybe I've been burnt by the transfers we've had the last few years. But, I mean, he had that breakout game in game one, what, 21 points or whatever. He was just a runaway bucket, and then he shot incredibly efficient. I can't remember what he did in the second game. I think it was less than 10 points. But at 11 points in game three, I mean, I'll take that. I will absolutely take that. I know it's inferior competition. See what he does against Indiana and against these real games we're going to have coming up. But 
I think Sule's been fantastic. I, I mean, I think he has been one of the better-looking transfers for, through three games. And the, the biggest thing, he just looks ready. He is not flustered oh, yeah. by like, – he, he, he's not flustered out there. I think he's going to be ready for a big-time opponent. He looks very, very composed. He's not like try, he's not try, out there trying to do too much. So he plays within himself. That's going to be a huge part because, I mean, he, like on Friday, it's time. Like he has – like. Yeah. He, it's a, it's gonna be his first real yeah. test. I mean, he came from UTEP. He's probably not used to this type of environment, but I think mentally he is ready, and obviously physically he's ready as, to, as well. He's got a really really smooth shot. He handles the ball really yeah. really well. I, I guess he could pass a little better, but still yeah. not a, not a step back there. He's still he's still a, a good facilitator, and he uh, he's a good point guard. I very very much trust him at that point guard spot. And help, I trust him a lot more at the point guard spot than I did Paul Scruggs. That's a good point. I mean, because I didn't know what to expect at this point guard position. I, to be real with you, I didn't know what he would be. And, and who are we to doubt Sean Miller, the almighty Sean Miller? But, um, but I didn't know what he was going to be at that position. But we do need, I think you said it, you hit it on the head, we do need a Scotty Pippen to Jerome Hunter's Michael Jordan Friday night against Indiana because it is going to be Jerome Hunter Groundhog Day. Jerome, he had a great start to the season. Game one, game two and three. Nearly a double-double game one. Were the Jerome we knew all 21-22. But that's besides – I don't have much to say on that. And then Tuesday was – wow. It's not been great. Tuesday was not good vibes for Jerome Hunter Groundhog Day. But you know what? We bounced back. There have been better days to be Jerome Hunter. But let's go back to – And better days to be a Groundhog. I think a couple more points. I think that Nunji was Jack Nunji. I mean, and that's what's ridiculous is no one is singing Jack Nunji's praises. He had 23 points. <laughs> he was our leading scorer. And he missed, you the he balls. missed free throws like it was his absolute job. If he had shot like 70% from the free throw line, he would have had 30 points. If he would have just practiced on a little less sleep. Then... <laughs> if he would have done one more sprint before his free throw practice, he would have easily scored 35 <laughs> points. Um, no, but that's what's crazy about Jack Nungy is it's becoming more and more of an expectation for him to just drop 23 and eight. Yeah. Like then, and we did not come away from that game just singing Jack Nungy, Jack Nungy, Jack Nungy, Jack Nungy. No. We, we mentioned about four or five players before then and the, in a positive manner too. It's yeah. like we, we just shit on Jerome Hunter a little bit, but like we, <laughs> like we were praising Fremantle. We were praising Kunkel. Hell, we were, we were praising Sule. Hell, we were praising Desmond Claude. Like yeah. After that game, he looked good. And he, like looked he, good. he looked a lot. He's 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 really settling in. Like we got two really solid point guards. I'm really really excited to see what uh, they bring against a Big Ten opponent in the Gavit games, which the Big East is going to come back and win. Manifest it right now. But a guy I do want to shout out, and like I mean, I, people know how hard I've been on him in the past few years. We kind of buried him in the lineup, but this is now three games in a row that we're going to sing his praises, and it's not because of the stat sheets. Kiki Tandy is doing just about everything we have never seen him do. He's still playing good defense, and we saw him drop some dimes. Oh. Like, yes, he, did not, like, he did not hit a single three on Tuesday. He scored a bucket early and did not score since, and that did not take him out of the game. He did not start forcing anything. He... And he dropped an absolute Magic Johnson dime on a back cut. <laughs> Going to do the sound effect. Uh, 
Kiki said, hee hee. <laughs> So Kiki, we are seeing number fifteen. Kiki is a force you reckon with. That is going to be a (laughs) he's going to play a pivotal role to this Big East championship team. Who's going to lead the team in assists? Kiki Tandy or Zach Freeman? Honestly, point like point Kiki, point Fremantle. They're they're interchangeable. (laughs) Run a two guard offense, Zach and Fremantle. Oh shit. They're about the same people. Yeah, two two point Freeman. guards out there. We're a little, we're a little tipsy. That's okay. But and so we've talked this much about the Fairfield game. We haven't even brought up triple double sack Freeman. <laughs> so he's in company with David West, two Holloway. What Times the two. fuck? What the fuck? Zach Freeman and uh, Ryan Wells as, as well, right? Of course. Yeah, that, that's the given. Walking triple double, right? <laughs> I mean, dude, the interior, like, and I think this is kind of a one-off scenario, but but the interior passing, though, is very impressive. But I think that he and Nunji do have a legit chemistry that's tough to stop. And, and obviously, Fairfield's Fairfield. I mean, they're not going to have, you, you know, big East-level bigs, but um, I do think it was impressive the way they were able to, to have chemistry with each other. In that but game. it's more the mentality of, like, knowing where they're going to be. And to think, like, this is their first time they got a full offseason together. So, yeah. Najee's first year, uh, he he came off hurt. Then last year, Zach, Zach Freeman started off hurt. So, this is the first time they got a full offseason together, practice every single day, all, all summer, and then play the first three games together. We're seeing that is paying off really, really, really well. They know where yeah. each other is going to be while staring at each other's dicks. Like, that that's getting edited out, but no, it's not. No, no it's not. But <laughs> it's gonna be in there. It's exactly. gonna be, yeah. yeah. So that's that. That was said. <laughs> We're gonna take the L on that one. But <laughs> so they know they know where each other's gonna be at all times. So and that's something that's gonna be the fact that they're both more of so Zach Fremantle. He's more of a five than a four. As far as like his play style, he can be a spot shooter, but he's not gonna face up and like really take someone off the dribble like we see a lot of other fours do. So they're both more of the back to the basket bigs rather than the face up and take take them one on one off the dribble. They can both shoot, which is really nice. But having two of those guys that are typically down low guys, it doesn't help spread spread the floor as much. But the fact that they know where each other is gonna be that makes a world of difference. That's what's going to make that type of offense work. Is Andy, I, I respect your next play mentality. That was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Very well done. But, no, you're exactly right. And uh, and they're both just, I feel like, natural scores. Like, Zach, for how much shit we have given him as a fan base, that dude can put the ball in the basket. I mean, say what you will. He is a natural scorer. He's a high – he's, like, honestly, a pretty high efficiency scorer for the most part. Um and he's a really, really talented player. I think he's kind of gotten kind of ridden by this fan base. But I think with with uh, with Sean Miller, I think he gets a huge boost. One thing that I am noticing across the board is I feel like our highest percentage shooters are getting the biggest frequency of shots in a more than any I've ever seen, at least in recent memory. Like I don't think Zach shoot a, a three all season shot in three all season. Last year he was launching them. Like if he had a look, he was launching. And I remember seeing multiple times in the Fairfield game, like he would have a look, 
he would like step into it with the triple threat and then just pass off to Adam Kunkel. Like I feel like the only ones getting consistent looks are Kunkel, Boom, Kiki, and Nunji. That's pretty much it. Like no one else is really launching from three, which I really like. In last like last year, Hunter was jacking threes. Freeman was jacking threes. Like and and I don't think Freeman was a bad shooter, but like why would I have Freeman taking five threes when I can have Kiki take five threes? You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like the I feel like the upper ninety percent of our shooters are taking ninety percent of our shots. Where in past years it was like everyone's launching, Carter's launching, Jerome's launching, every everyone's just taking six threes a game, and I really really like our selection and I think we're playing to our skill set, which I really like. And I would like, we have Fremantle and Nunji taking bunnies, taking hook shots, taking shots inside of six feet after a good pump pick, after ball movement. Um, Picking free throws. (laughs) Yes. Nunji did not make a lot of friends in the, in the lower bowl last night, but, but other than that, I think we're taking good shots. I mean, Sule took a cup. I think it was one six out of my mind last night where Sule just took a, an open court just launch. <laughs> I was like, that ain't going to make you – That Sean's not going to love that. No. But I really think in general in half-court offense, this, this team's just taking much better shots, and its best shooters are taking those shots. It's, it's, it seems to be – like last year, we were probably the lowest IQ team in the, in the, in the Big East. This year, that, that is – with the same players, we're taking a huge step up in that, in that category. And, yes, that does come from coaching. That we're we're showing we're seeing the Sean Miller effect not only in the fan base but in the team as well. They are playing a lot more mature basketball. They're playing a lot higher IQ basketball and a lot more efficient basketball. Their defensive rotations, like they're, we're not giving up many, we're not giving up many clean looks in second halves. I'll say that yeah. first yeah. half starting off, I mean, we defense does not look great. Uh, granted, Fairfield shot the ball pretty well. Yes, on uh, on Tuesday, they did. But they they, they, they shot the ball really, yeah. really well. But the first half, they got a lot of open looks. But the second half, when you got to, when we got to analyze what exactly they're doing, and then make the adjustments off that, Sean Miller's done a fantastic job. the def- The defense has stepped up every second half. The that that we've seen from them, and then. The offense really does not skip a did, did not really skip a beat. No. So if you can have if you can have consistent offense all game and then make the good second half defensive adjustments, it's gonna be hard to beat this team. I agree, and I think when you can run away with a game like that, and, and Fairfield's not you know a top one hundred team, but but they're the toughest team we played so far, and and you don't have in my opinion, Colby Jones is the most important Xavier player. I I don't think he's the best Xavier player. I think that Jack Nunji is the best Xavier player. But I think Colby Jones is your most important player. Small forward, handles the ball. The ball's in his hands a lot. He's probably going to guard the best of, the best offensive player on every other team you're playing. In my opinion, he does the most for the Xavier team. I think he's the most important player. So without your most important player who's going to handle the ball a lot, whatever, play 35-plus minutes a game, I mean, to run away with the game like that, I thought was pretty, pretty impressive. Um, and I think there's a lot to take away from that going into this Indiana game. And that, that's something that we're gonna need. So it's it's nice that I mean Colby got this. Um, he he got to sit out, got to give other players a chance to kind of be that guy, be the guy that does, be the guy that does multiple different things really really well. Yes. And we and we got a lot of we got other guys more experience. So the fact that we can have we had four or five guys play a good game, they can build off that. Then Colby can step back in. Now, um, Sean did say that he's hopeful that. 
hopeful we can play on Friday. I'm yep. thinking it leaning, it's leaning toward he will play on Friday, especially because we need him to. Uh, if we don't have Colby, then it's going to be a really tough oh, ask yeah. to win that oh, game because yeah. and I, I don't know who else guards um, Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, <laughs> Jerome. I, I, well, Jerome's going to get a lot of uh, reps on him because he yeah. like other other than Colby, Jerome is the like because Jerome is still a good defender. So, yeah. but he's going to be in there to give Colby a break. Colby is going to be undersized against him. Trace Jackson Davis is 6'9", and Colby is 6'5", 6'6". But the nice thing is Colby's going to be able to go one-on-one with him. Like, he's not going to be able to – like, Trace Jackson, Jackson Davis is going, to, is going to have to do everything over Colby. He's going to stay in front. He's going to body him up, so he's not going to be able to back him down. We're going to see a lot of the same approach that we did with EJ Liddell last year. Uh, so, I mean, Davis, he's going to get his – He's if we but if we can hold him to maybe 14, 15 points and have it sporadic, not let him go on runs and really get into a groove, then we yeah. there's there's no reason to think we can't win this game. So between I don't want to see Zach on him. I I want to see Zach play. Yeah, no way. I, I want I want it to be a rotation between Colby and Jerome Hunter. Yeah, and yeah. That, that that's how we that's how we'll that, that that's how we'll shut him down or slow him down. We're not gonna shut him down. He's still gonna get his. And then, there's no way that Zach has the foot speed to keep up with Trace no. Jackson because he's he's a guard. He's a guard out there. Does, he's a six nine guard. Andrew, does Jason Carter have any remaining eligibility, even for like a game? I think he there? does, but I think we're saving it for football. Because I could use a good seven free throws missed down the down the stretch here to lose this game. That I mean, those are the vibes that we need. Um, that's <laughs> that's how we're gonna carry that momentum into uh, dude, the. I might be able to sneak Kaiser Gates into a uniform. I mean, it's possible. Uh, Geyser Cates. <laughs> He's got those elite feet. Um, it just reverse his number a little bit, make him number 22. But, oh, but fuck. I think if you don't have Colby Jones, let's be honest, it's not a fair fight against Indiana. I no. think with Colby Jones, I, like, I don't think this is even a game you can even really judge without Colby Jones. Um, I, w- I really hope we're at full strength just so we can see how we stack up against a team like Indiana. Um, I don't expect to win, to be completely honest with you. No. Um, I think Indiana is a nasty team, one of the best players in the country. Um, I don't, I'm not saying we don't have a chance to win. I mean, I think we – I'm not saying we have no chance. I think we have a, a chance to win, no question. I would give us a good 30 to 35% chance to win, which is nothing to scoff at. Um, but if you don't have Colby, it's not a fair fight. I just want to see where we stack up at full strength with this Indiana team. Um, I think it's going to be a really, really fun game. Uh, I saw – Wee's tweeting about it. When was the last time we played Indiana? I can't think of a game pre like before the 08 game, the 07 08 team playing them early on in the season when they had Eric Gordon. I remember a huge Derek Brown dunk in, in transition, and we kind of beat them going away in a huge upset that year. And um, our no leading one, score of Wee's. Was he our leading score that leading score that game? That's crazy. Um, any, I mean, Wee's was a really good player. That's, I'm not trying to say he wasn't, but. Um, but that was a huge win before they knew how good that team was. But uh, but it, it'll be really, really fun. I think I think if you have Colby, I think we match up pretty well. I'd love to see how he does because he's going to be the guy. All the, nice, the nice thing is, so with Colby, we have matches at each position. We can match them at each position. We just have right. to play a complete game. Now, I think the key to winning this game, it was set on Fox Sports 1 earlier, and it really caught my eye. It made perfect sense. We need to win with the backcourt. We need yeah. the front court to hold their own and keep it contained. And we need to take over with the backcourt. We need Sule Boom. 
We need Adam yeah. Kunkel. We need Kiki to hit a couple big shots. We don't need a ton from them. We need them all to be efficient. I'd say we we, we would need um, Kunkel and Boom to win their battles. And then guys like Desmond Claude and Kiki Tandy to come in and hit some big shots. So if, if, yeah. if we can get two threes out of Kiki, then we are in a good spot to win that game. So the backcourt is going to be the finishing piece, but it's all going to start with containing the frontcourt. Yeah, and I honestly think that, man, I feel like Nunji's as consistent as the players we've had in a long time. Like, yeah, I'm not Nungy worried about just that. does Nunji things every fucking game. But you're exactly right. Like, which, uh, which Sule Boom are we going to get in the big game? I mean, he went, you know, he was, just, I think this is a consistent team for him. He went to UTEP. I mean, he's played against three shitty teams. How's he going to do against Indiana? I mean, how's Kiki going to look against his first big team? I think I think that Kunkel sometimes has a reputation of he went to Belmont. He does really good against the shit teams, but how's he going to do against a big team? How is Desmond Claude going to look? You know, X, Y, Z. Like you said, how's the back? I think the front court's going to be fine. I think we have one of the best. I think we have a top 20 front court in college basketball. Um, but what's the back court going to do? Like you said, will they win their battles? Will they hit shots? Will they be able to get shots off? Um, how will Colby look? So I think those are your big questions going into Friday night. And those are the ones that we're absolutely going to need answers to. I think getting off to a good start, the first four minutes are going to be pivotal. We need, yes. like, if if we come in and hit one of our first two shots, we're in good shape. But if we, <laughs> if we, like, honest, honestly, like, if if we hit one of our first two shots, we're in really good shape because we're we're a team of momentum, and we know that crowd's going to be incredible. So, and we're going to feed off that. So, and that that's going to feed into our defense. And I swear to God, if we come out barking after two straight stops. <laughs> it's over. It is over. Hoosier, is daddy, done. That is such a good point. Our crowd could really put us over the limit on Friday night. Like, there are some nights at Centos where the crowd is so into the game that there's just no chance of us losing. And I think that that could be a massive factor on Friday night. And can I just say one quick thing? There was one play that sticks out of my mind. Obviously, we talked about the Kiki pass. Freeman had a great pass. There was one play. Where the ball went up, like in the air, probably six feet away from the bucket, in the middle of the key, and Jack Nunji had this jumped up, his hand straight up in the air, tip pass down to Zach Fremantle, beautiful, right in the pocket, almost got the and one. Just Jack Jack Nunji is going to be one of my favorite players that's ever done the Xavier uniform. He is just so fucking solid, so smart, so consistent. Uh, Ambition as fuck. He's so good. I mean. He's so, I think he's so underrated. He's phenomenal. Anyway, I know, he's been, he's seriously been one of our best transfers that we that we've seen, and he's he's made such an immediate impact. And like he's clearly a first team big all big East this year. Like, no question, he's phenomenal. And like, and low key, he's made his impact on. I mean, he scored thirty something points in a shootout. I mean, not many players have ever done that. So his Xavier um, legacy started off like it went. Yeah, it skyrocketed. Nudgy something else. I, I think we're. I think he's. I think it's easy to underappreciate what you have in the moment. I think he's so so good. Yeah, between Andy, the shootout and then the Creighton game last year, where he just took over and owned, oh, like that's he. Like, is. So last year, that 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 cemented his legacy last year, and he's continued it with three very fucking solid games so far. Yeah. Like Jack Nudgy is going to go down as a savior legend. We're all. We're never going to forget Daddy Longwanger. I will appreciate every game I get Jack Nudge in his every uniform, no question. Andy, can you confirm that that parachute ever got down from the Raptors? I mean, it did. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it finally did. 
Uh, I'm just pissed that I can't show up in my full uh, my full tackle box fishing gear uh, Friday night to to fish out that parachute. I, I think we were like it was literally the game was still going on, and so the game was it was like maybe 25 minutes after the um, skyline chili parachute drop, and then all of a sudden you see this parachute fall like to like yes. the fourth row because the low, the rich lower bowl dudes they need more beneficiaries they need more riches they need more skyline skyline (laughs) well i'm sitting there poor as fuck like begging for some skyline which you got by the way which i did get like (laughs) shout out to some random motherfucker who bought me skyline sounds like a nice guy (laughs) but anyway i thought that was hilarious that was just wild anyway so this is a big game for xavier friday night but a big game for the big east The the big east has not been super great against the the Big Ten so far lost to Iowa tonight by Seton Hall. Um, luckily, DePaul carrying a 69 in Northwestern. Um, but the Big East has not been great against the the Big Ten. So a, a big game for Xavier, a big game for the Big East. And it's it's and honestly, we're probably going to get down. We're probably going to be crunch time because so we're down what four to one right now. Not we're good. Down. It's not not a good not a good situation. But we we are very back heavy. So who like yes. we got? Let's see tomorrow, we got. Looking it up right now, we've got St. John's Nebraska, um, St. John's an eleven point favorite, um, and then oh we just lost Marquette. Marquette lost to Purdue, uh, which was a tough L. Uh, and I think Georgetown Northwestern was a big swing game too. Uh, that was like the bottom of both leagues. Like who's going to take this one? Um, so Xavier, or excuse me, the Big East has lost a couple. Uh, swing games here. Penn State Butler, another uh, swing game. So the biggest has lost the swing games. We're in a position. I mean, we got Creighton versus UC Riverside, so we, we have a very good chance <laughs> to take take gains ground tomorrow. Got a good chance. Now, in all reality, we are in a position as a conference where we cannot win. There are only eight games. We've lost four of them already. Eight divided by two is four. So half the games have been won by the Big Ten already. There's your algebra lesson for the for the day. So, yeah, but yeah. all we got to do is beat the corn and then have a sweep on Friday. And we all know for a fact that Mike Anderson is going to have his team ready. They're going to look very, very good in, up there in Queens. And we know that, <laughs> we know okay. that for a fact. I mean, the, okay. the history the history says it all. If it's in Carneseca, yes. Nebraska's fucked. CJ Wilcher, welcome back to the Gavit games. <laughs> I love to see it. So here's the thing, though. So I think that we're going to do our job. I think that St. John's will do their job. It comes down to Nova, Michigan State. And, Andy, Michigan State has been a problem. I mean, they have been, as I'm going to be honest, as impressive as any college basketball team in the country. I mean, you have to go on the carrier against Gonzaga. You lose by that douchebag fucking Timmy by one point. And then they drag Kentucky into double overtime, win the game. I mean, Michigan State is one of the better teams in the country right now. But also, and Nova, I mean, Nova hasn't proved shit. But Nova with a quality loss to Temple, quality and loss. then a, a, a game against Delaware State that required that required no luck at all. Like Nova's <laughs> ready. <laughs> yeah, they've clearly proved it. Clearly. So here's what's gonna happen. You know for a fact we are going to, like, so St. John's is gonna beat Nebraska tomorrow. We're gonna 
Uh, we're going to get a victory against Indiana. Statement victory. That honestly should count as two, if you ask me. Uh, but then Nova at 8 o'clock on Friday is going to shit the absolute bed. Yes. And lose it for the Big East. So yeah, for, the Fortune 500 company is going to get sold. I tend to agree. Well, they lost our CEO, in which which changes. They did. It mean, changes the stock price for sure. I do have a quick update. If you're listening to this on Friday, probably on Wednesday night, Texas probably beat Gonzaga by a fair margin. Gonzaga number two in the country, Texas number 11. I have 720 left, Andy. It's 80 to 62, Texas. Um, uh, is is Texas back? I maybe in the round ball sport, not in the other one, not in the big skate sport. Is it is it time to post the video though? I mean, it's. I mean, you always post the video. If the roll blob doesn't tweet the video tonight, we fail. As a podcast, I'm gonna. You know, we're gonna tweet it no matter what. No matter what the result is, it's going up. Let's make that happen. It's Um, it's happening right now. But Andy, to conclude the podcast, I don't know how much else we have left. Um, Xavier, I think off to a great start at three and zero. You're missing your best player in game three. You still win pretty handily. I think it was nice to have an, a guy like Adam Kunkel step up, have a big game, show that confidence that he can be a microwave scorer off the bench. Um, kind of akin to a J.P. Makura sophomore year version. Uh, it, I think it's just nice to have guys that when someone's having an off night, you can bring in a guy who can score, what, what do you have, 22, 23? 21 points. I mean, and he was – I mean, I know Nunji technically scored more, but I thought Kunkel was a more impressive offensive but player. But no one scored bigger. No, 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 no. His bucket – I mean, he was the one that we ran the offense through. Um, so I thought that was really impressive. And uh, I, I thought all in all, just an impressive performance. And then Fremantle doing Fremantle things. If Fremantle can be even kind of the player that he was a couple of years ago and then play a lick of defense – this team's ceiling goes so much higher. Oh, for sure, and we 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 know that Fremantle has been a good like he's been a good offensive player the past couple of years, but he was a he started off a great offensive player this year. If you can have that along with not being a traffic cone on defense and not being a just complete a, a complete liability, that dude is the player we thought we were going to be. He's going to save his Xavier legacy, and he's going to be a pivotal part to us winning the Big East this year, which obviously is going to happen because, you know, sell your Creighton stock. Of course, of course. So Wednesday night, just a great night to be a Xavier basketball fan, be a local Cincinnati sports fan. You can't beat it. You absolutely cannot beat it. Andy, is there anything else on your brain that you would like to dump before we get the hell out of here? There actually is. So we put out a tweet before our last recording that – uh, said that that was about the mailbag that we like to do because we like we love answering your questions. We love uh, you guys giving us ideas to you know, shoot the shit about, and you guys just asking us random shit. We love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. So, but we we put out a tweet like that. I even put it someone on my Instagram story uh, about it to kind of get get more questions and everything. And if you hadn't noticed, we did not include that in our podcast last uh, last week. No, we did not. We did not. The reason is you guys didn't follow directions. I strictly said DM the questions, and everybody replied to the tweet. So due to not being able to follow simple directions, we did not include it in our podcast. 
I just wanted to make that clear because I was asked about it a couple times. Sounds fair. I I I I think I think we approached it pretty well. So read carefully in the future. That's what we learn. We're gonna use this as a learning experience. You either follow. I mean, I was in the military, man. You either follow directions or you get fucked. We're not giving out any charity here on the Roll Blah Podcast. No, no. We're in no position <laughs> to give charity. We're poor. <laughs> we can't afford to be verified. No, we cannot. Now, if you want to change that, people at home, then by all means, we'll change our stance. But we're in no financial or uh, moral position to do that right now. And, you know, I'm just messing with you guys. I fucking love you guys. It is a true blessing to sit here on a Zoom call and talk to one person hoping people listen to this shit. Andy loves you. I have no emotional feeling or connection to any single one of you ever. Even you though you're all fire. Me, you all make me erect. <laughs> <laughs>